So we're going to finish up our series we've been doing in the month of September called Instagram Theology. And what we've been trying to do is take the mantra slogans of Instagram, match them up with theology, and say, is this something we can get behind as Christians? So the very first week we looked at this idea of good vibes only. Can we live behind this positivity type gospel? And in a sense, impartially, yeah, we can. And in the other sense, no. So we, we, we looked at that. If you want to go listen to that or any of these, go listen on our podcast um, each week of these messages. Then share your truth. And um, love is love we did last week. So this week, what we're really going to focus on is the last one. That is follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. And so you can also say this in a couple different ways. You can say follow your heart, your passion. You got to go for it. Live your life. You do you. All these different phrases of like, go and do what you want to do in your life. Follow your dreams. Follow what you want to do. Whether it's in God's will, whether it's not in God's will, whatever you feel like doing, go and follow it. And so we want to try to see, is this something we can get behind or is this not something we can get behind? So here's the idea we're kind of thinking about. Stuff like this. All of your dreams can come true if you if we have the courage to pursue them. Walt Disney says. Or follow your dreams, they know the way. <coughs> follow your dreams, believe in yourself, and don't give up. Sometimes life is about risking everything for a dream no one can see but you. Whatever you're meant to do, do it now. The conditions will always be impossible. There's like one or two more. The biggest adventure you can take is to live your life, live the life of your dreams. And so you see all these different ones, and these are probably different ones that maybe you read them and you're like, yeah, those are pretty good. Or you read it and you're like, that's kind of inspiring, inspiring or motivational, and maybe I can get behind. And I think in the essence of following your dreams and going after things you pursue is, is a good thing if it's inside God's will. If you're living a life just to pursue what you want to pursue and run after the things you want to run after, it, it can be a little sketchy. And especially when you look at this idea, as I said, another way you can say this is follow your heart. A couple things got brought to my mind as we kind of dive into this. Jeremiah seventeen nine is a good verse, and it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Or Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And so when we look at this idea, and I feel like in our generation, this is probably one of the biggest slogans that I hear all the time because you see things like I talk even to my parents and you see things like streamers, vloggers, YouTubers. You know, these are jobs that weren't around when my parents were younger. And so you're seeing a generation that's saying, we're going to follow our dreams, we're going to pursue our passions, we're going to do what we want and pursue it. And, and in a sense, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. But when you start to pursue your own heart and say, well, I want all these things just to live my life, where you see a lot of these people pursue careers so that they can have all this money, have all this fame, where does it leave them? And when we let our heart kind of give us the direction in life, as Jeremiah says, it's one of the most deceitful things and desperately wicked. When we let our heart lead us, we're taking the risk whether it's going to be good or bad. And so we have to be sure that if we're going to follow our dreams, 
we're looking inside God's will. And so I want to unpack this idea of follow God, not your dreams. Follow God, not your dreams. Because I think there's an aspect of your dreams that are good. But ultimately our lives are supposed to be following God and what He has for our path and plan for our life. So we're going to look at two different stories. First one's in Luke 15, probably one you've heard before. We'll break this down a little bit, and then we'll look at another section. This is the parable of the lost son. Many of you probably know it, and this is, to me, kind of the picture of what it looks like to follow your dreams. Follow your heart. Follow your passion. Do what you want to do. Go for it, whatever you want. And I'll kind of just paraphrase most of this and not read the whole thing, but in Luke 15, Jesus is telling three different parables, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and then the parable of the lost son. And what happens is he gets to this parable and he's talking to this crowd. He says, okay, this guy has two sons. The one son comes to the father, and in that time to ask for your inheritance when your father was still alive is to basically look at your father and say, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead because you only receive an inheritance when somebody's passed away. So this son comes to his dad, says, I want my inheritance now. I want to pursue my passions. I want to pursue my dreams. I want to go do what I want to do. So I wish you were dead so I can have it now. And he gives him the portion of his inheritance. He says, here you go. So immediately the son packs everything up, goes out, and then you see what he does here in verse 13, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings, moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the same time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. So what this guy wanted to do is he said, hey, I want to go do what I want to do. I want to pursue what my heart wants, and so I'm going to go party. I'm going to probably go sleep around. I'm probably going to go spend my money on... They didn't have cars at that time, so I don't know what, they, what he bought, but all these different expensive clothes, and, and he just spends all of his money because that's what he wants to do. He's not thinking about what God's plan is for his life. He just wants to follow his dreams. This is what I want to do, and so he goes and spends all of his money, and just at the same time that he spends all of his money, a great famine sweeps over. So now not only is he out of money, he's now hungry, he has no job, all because in this moment... When he said, I just want to take control of my life and live it the way that I want to, takes his inheritance and runs, and now he's left with nothing. I think about that as we look at the world around us, and you see maybe some of these athletes, singers, rappers, whatever you want to say, and they got all this money, and I've seen a lot more of even athletes who don't know how to take care of their money, and so as soon as they retire, within you know five years of their retirement, all their money's gone. Because they've just began to follow their dreams and say, well, I'll just spend some money here and I'll spend money here. And even though it's not very much money here and there, they keep spending here and there because they just want to keep buying things. They want to buy more clothes, buy another house, buy another car, because that's what I want to do. And I'm not thinking about the consequences of following what my heart wants, and then they're left with nothing. Doing what you want in your life outside of God's will leaves you empty and unsatisfied. You want to pursue your dreams and say, God, I don't care about what your plan is for my life. I just want to follow my heart. You're going to be empty and unsatisfied. I mean, you see what the lost son goes through. And then the next couple of verses talk about that he, he ends up feeding pigs to kind of help get by. And he looks at the slot, basically, that he's putting in this pig trough and thinks it's good enough to eat. 
How low do you have to be to see slop like that as a bunch of garbage in this trough and say, well, maybe that'll be good enough to eat. You got to be pretty low to be in a position like that. And a lot of times when you live your life the way you want to live and follow your dreams, it can leave you in a spot like that where you just go, where am I? This isn't what I was created to be, but I've ran so far. Can I even go back? Will God even want me? Now that I've turned my back on him for so long, now that I've spent all my money, now that I have nothing left, will he want me? And you find yourself in a rock-bottom situation. But then you have the other side, where you've got the older brother who's out in the fields, and he wonders why there's this party going on. One of the servants comes out and tells him, they've thrown in this party, your younger brother's come back, and we're throwing a party because he's returned. And the brother goes off on his father pretty much and says, well, I've followed your rules and I've kept everything you wanted. I've quote unquote lived inside the will that you have for my life. And the father says here in verse 29, but he replied, or 30, yet when a son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. The father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me. Everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he was found. You see, the brother thought, if I just live inside of what he would say his father's will just to check it off the list, that it was going to satisfy him, that it was going to make him happy. He wasn't like his brother who just purposely went out and followed his dreams and his heart and his passions and spent everything and was hitting rock bottom. No, he said, well, I've got... I've got the checklist. I follow you. I do all your work. I do everything you tell me to. And he's still unsatisfied. When you say, well, I'm not going to follow my dreams because I know it can lead to a bad spot, but I'm going to just follow God's plan as a checklist, that's still going to leave you empty and unsatisfied. We can do that so often that we say, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I'm, I'm just doing things to check it off the list. I read my Bible every day and I know what God wants me to do with my life, but I'm not really into this relationship I just want to do what I want to do, but I'm going to look on the outside like I'm following everything so I don't do anything wrong. When following your dreams becomes a checklist to follow God's plan, it's not going to be satisfying to you either. So what is satisfying? If you don't want to live following your dreams like the one son who just purposely goes out and spends his money, that's going to leave you empty. And if you follow God's plan as a checklist, that's going to leave you empty. What, what's going to satisfy you? I think there's a lot of people that are telling us different things and we see the rise of suicides, drugs, alcohol use in our society because they're all trying to cope with feeling empty. When they've tried to live their life in the way that they want and then they wonder why they're not finding any satisfaction because they're living the way they want to. Justin Bieber would have been two years ago posted this long thing on Instagram, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I highlighted some parts that I thought were interesting. He says, it's hard to get out of bed in the morning with the right attitude when you are overwhelmed with your life, your past job, responsibilities, emotions, your family, finances, your relationships. When it feels like there's trouble after trouble after trouble. You see, I have a lot of money, clothes, cars, accolades, achievements, awards, and I was still unfulfilled. As my talent progressed and I became ultra successful, it happened within a strand of two years. My whole world was flipped on its head. I went from a 13-year-old boy from a small town to being praised left and right by the world with millions saying how much they loved me and how great I was. 
everyone did everything for me. So I was never, I never even learned the fundamentals of responsibility. So by this point, I was 18 with no skills in the real world, with millions of dollars and access to whatever I wanted. By 20, I made every bad decision you could have thought of and went from the, one of the most loved and adored people in the world to the most ridiculed, judged, and hated person in the world. I started doing heavy drugs at 19 and abused all of my relationships. This is what he says to close it out. Luckily, God blessed me with extraordinary people who love me for me. Now I'm navigating the best season of my life, marriage, which is an amazing, crazy new responsibility. You learn patience, trust, commitment, kindness, humility, and all the things it looks like to be a good man. All this to say, even when the odds are against you, keep fighting. Jesus loves you. Be kind today. Be bold today. And love people today, not by your standard, but by God's perfect, unfailing love. I thought what's very interesting about this is I remember when I was a senior in high school, when we had to do this thing called current events, and every Friday we would like get a news story and I don't know if we had to like write a page or something on it, I kind of forget, but somebody had brought up when Justin Bieber got arrested for possession, I think it was marijuana, and you saw him kind of rise to fame as a young kid, and then he has everything. He's, he's got cars, he's got money, he's got fame, he's got achievements, and everybody loves him, and then this comes out, and you go, whoa, how did he get to this place? All behind the scenes, he'd been living the life that he wanted to live for so long that he was so empty that he had nothing to hold on to. And so he was grasping at something to try to fulfill, and it wasn't fulfilling. And we can look at our lives and we go, you know, especially when I talk to different people and I ask them about where, where they're at and what's their story. And you see the way that they're living. You can see when you live outside of what God wants you to and pursue your own passions, it's going to leave you empty. So how do we see a life that lives fulfilling and that satisfies us? Well, you got the life of Joseph. And I'm going to fly through. I'm not going to read his whole story, but it starts in Genesis 37 and goes till 50. And so it's like 13 chapters of the life of Joseph. But you see in his life, basically what happens is Joseph first starts here in Genesis 37. It says here in verse 6, One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to the dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundles stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. So soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and... Eleven stars bowed down low before me. So basically the story starts out. You're like, how does this have any way of living a satisfying, fulfilling life? He comes to his brother and says, basically, you guys are all going to bow down to me. I'm going to rule over you. Okay, so if we go tell everybody to bow down to us, then we'll have a satisfying life. No. Because then it continues on. He gets sold into slavery. And when he gets sold, he gets sold to this guy named Potiphar, goes and works for him. This guy has a lot of... Uh, possessions, land, all these different things that he's helping take care of. And there's a moment where Potiphar's wife comes to Joseph and says, come sleep with me. So in this moment, now Joseph has to decide, will I follow my passions, follow my dreams? I mean, he's a man. 
you got to understand, like, he's a man. There's, there's probably a sexual desire there, and so he's got to make a decision. Will I follow my heart? Will I follow what God has for me? And so in that moment, he decides, no, I'm not going to do it. And so he runs away, but she happens to grab part of his cloak. And so as he's running away, she grabs that. And when her husband comes back home, she says, look what Joseph tried to do. He tried to sleep with me. So Potiphar gets mad. He throws him in jail. So, so far you're seeing a life of Joseph not having a very good ride, but yet he continues to choose God because now there's a baker and a cupbearer in jail. They both have a dream. They don't know what it means. So Joseph interprets both these dreams. He says, one of you is going to die and one of you is going to live. And so the cupbearer will live, the baker will die. And so he says, once the cupbearer gets out and goes back to Pharaoh, he says, make sure you remember me. And he doesn't remember him. So even though Joseph continues to follow what God has in store, he's still in jail for a long time. Finally gets out because Pharaoh then has a dream and he can't interpret it. And the cupbearer remembers, hey, I know somebody who's in jail who can interpret your dream. So they go and get Joseph. He interprets the dream, gets out of jail. And then he's basically made kind of this king over Egypt underneath Pharaoh. Pretty high in command all because he continued to chose to live the way that God's called him to live. It says here in verse, or chapter 41, verses 37 through 42. It says, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked him, asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? And Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dream to you clearly, no one else is as intelligent or wise as you. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take the orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing, hung a gold chain around his neck. Joseph gets all of this, all because he continued to follow Jesus. And then in verse chapter 45, a few chapters over, it says, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out of all of you, so he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept, and he wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and the word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. So basically what's happened during this time is he becomes leader kind of over Egypt, famine hits, so people have to come to Egypt to get food. Joseph is the one in charge of dishing out who gets what, and his brothers come because they need food, and they don't realize it's him. He has a moment now, again, where he can make a decision, do I follow God, or do I get them back for what they did to me? They sold him into slavery. He has every right to get them back. Yet he continues to follow God, and he gives them food, and he says, I'm Joseph. He said to his brothers, is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer. And he said to them, so they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. And then the famous verse in chapter 50, as he's getting ready to die, verse 20, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Joseph continued to follow what God's plan was for his life, even though bad thing happened after bad thing happened after bad thing happened. And he said, no, I'm going to continue to follow God's dream for me, not my dream. 
And sure, you may not be blessed like Joseph or you're overseeing Ashland County or you're overseeing whatever you want to say. You may not be in that position when you follow God's plan. But God took care of Joseph every step of the way. And even at the end of his life when he said, you guys intended to do all these things to hurt me, God intended for it to be good. God put me and had a plan to put me here so that I could help millions of people and save lives. All because I listened to what God's plan was. And you don't know what God's got in store for you. But the more you keep following his path and the more you push your heart aside and say, no, I want to do what God has for me. I'm going to be engaged in this relationship. I'm not going to follow it just to check it off my list. God's got a plan for each of us and he wants to make a difference with you. If you decide to pursue his dream, not your dream. We're seeing in the world around us what it looks like when you pursue your dreams. You hit rock bottom. You don't want anything but relief. Joseph never got to a point where he said, I just need relief from living God's plan. Yes, sure, he doubted God. And he said, man, I don't know what you're doing, God. I I don't know if I can keep following this. But he kept following, kept following the course, and God delivered. We can't get behind this follow your dreams when it's outside of God's plan because it's going to leave us unsatisfied in pursuing sin and all this coping mechanisms that aren't going to work. But when you pursue Jesus, when you learn to live the life that Jesus has called you to, it will satisfy. It will help you to understand Jesus is enough. And I think that's the problem in our lives that we don't like to admit, that Jesus is enough when we're all in on him. We think we have to have Jesus plus something And that'll be enough. No, no, no. I promise you, Jesus is enough if you rest in that and you pursue his plan for your life. We see it through Joseph. We see it through Abraham. We see it through Rahab. We see it through Ruth. We see it through all these different people through Scripture who have said, I'm not going to follow my dreams. I'm going to follow God's plan. And they were satisfied. They lived great, amazing lives. Will you choose to follow God and not your dreams? Follow God, not your dreams. I think about this in my own life as I close here of my grandpa, my dad's dad, who's got progressive dementia. And so he's kind of on his last leg. But for 35 years, he was a pastor in ministry. And he really struggled even before he was in ministry. They're the first um, kind of break in the chain in our family to accept um, Christ is their savior. They were all grew up as Catholics, so there was like a ton of. My grandma had eleven brothers and sisters with her, so there's twelve all together. And then my grandpa had, I think, seven or eight brothers and sisters. And so you have all these people in the family, and they were all raised as Catholic. Or my grandpa's side was more non-churched. And so at one point, they met and got married and got together, and they broke that chain that they're going to follow Jesus and not follow the Catholic upbringing. And so for 30, 35 years, he was in ministry, and it wasn't more than a couple years that he was outside of ministry that he was diagnosed with this. And so from that time on, now he's kind of just been on this downhill spurt. He could have had every reason to start just following what he wanted to follow for the rest of his life. He could say, I, I, I don't know how much longer I'll be here, so I want to do all these things because I've never gotten to do them. Whether it's inside God's will or not, I'm still going to do it. While he's been diagnosed with this, he's went through the entire Bible and written his own commentary. He's watched 
um, I think it's called The Chosen, that's on YouTube, and showed it to a couple other of his brothers and sisters who don't know Jesus. And he still continues to pursue after Jesus on a daily basis, even though he doesn't know all the time what's going on. Jesus is enough for him. You go up to him and ask him somewhere in Scripture, where is this at? He could probably still tell you. He knows everything about this book inside and out, even with not remembering sometimes who we are. He can remember everything about this book because he decided, I want to follow God's plan for my life even till the day that I die. God and Jesus are enough for my life. And will you be able to get to a point where you can say that each and every day, that I don't want to follow my heart and passions because my heart can be deceitful. My heart can be wicked. I want to follow God's plan. And he's enough for me each and every day. And it'll be the most satisfying and fulfilling life you will live. I promise you. Follow God, not your dreams.